gather around, gather around. The Fantasy Vulture is in town. You already know who it is. My name is Mike Kyle. I have over a decade worth of fantasy football experience and have continuously competed for fantasy championships over the course of the past seven seasons. Let's make it eight in 2021. But enough of me. I'm here for you. Hey, did you know that Aaron Rodgers had 14 games this season of three-plus touchdowns? unbelievable one of the best seasons that we've ever seen from the quarterback position all right now in return for your fantasy stat of the day be sure to hit that like button down below look I don't make the rules over here on today's episode of the FV show we're going to go through the five things I got wrong for the 2020 season these were my worst predictions my worst takes from the year uh I feel like I had a pretty good year all things considered but these were a few things that I definitely got wrong and without further ado let's just dive right in however before we do that actually but where i'm rusty i'm rusty go ahead follow me on all social media platforms at ffvulture twitter instagram tiktok i already talked about it in my update video if you missed that link will be right up here we're going to be rolling out some content on all those platforms like that is a priority for 2021 for sure so be sure to stick around on all those platforms for upcoming content Anyways, let's just dive right in. Let's dive right in, shall we? Where I was wrong for 2020. Look, fantasy football is a game of probability. I talk about this a lot. And we're bound to get a few things wrong every single year. And I, w- I was part of these. It's not like I put my money where my mouth is on a lot of these. And here we go. Number five, DJ Chark. This one hurts. Chark had an excellent 2019 campaign, and I fully expected him to come through in 2020. And the logic for drafting DJ Chark, he was pretty much going in that sixth round territory, uh, sometimes even in the seventh or the eighth. The idea was the Jags were going to be bad, which they were. They would be trailing a lot, and which meant regardless of the game script, DJ Chark was going to be involved. He had an incredible uh, sophomore season last year where he had... Uh, 120 targets, 73 receptions, and 1,000 receiving yards. On top of that, he had eight touchdowns. Uh, With Gardner Minshew returning to be the starting quarterback for Jacksonville in 2020, you know, it just continued the trend of, wait, there should be no slowdown in productions by any means, right? If they're bad, he's going to be airing it out to Chark. Chark's obviously just the number one wide receiver on this team, so he's going to see natural targets anyway. And good things should happen for, from a guy that you're getting in that seventh round range, right? You are getting a legitimate top 20 option back in the seventh round like that. Like you are going to take that every single time. However, Chark did not see the targets. He was frequently injured and the Jags were worse than I think we all expected them to be despite their week one upset against the Indianapolis Colts. DJ Chark had about three good games this past season. And which led to the issue of you never knew when you could start him. Early on in the year during week one versus Indianapolis during that upset when he only had three targets for 25 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the next week, he had 84 yards on four targets. So you're like, all right, like this is a guy who you could likely start, but you were just waiting for the targets to go up. And they kind of did, right? He had games of nine targets, 14, 12, 8, and 9 but the yardage wasn't there. The touchdowns weren't there. He finished the year with only five touchdowns, only had 700 receiving yards on the season, and it was a forgettable third year for DJ Chark, who finished as the wide receiver 48 
on the season. So a brutal blow for me. He was a guy who I was really going to be relying on uh, this year because of my strategy of going running back super, super early, early and often, should I say. And Chark getting him that late in the draft was a guy who I was hoping would be a star on my team. And that was not the case. Number four, uh, Calvin Ridley. And if you recall, I actually had Calvin Ridley in Dynasty, and the hype for him this offseason was the same as it was for Chris Godwin entering last season. However, I didn't buy the wide receiver one hype that people were generating. Uh, that being said, I did only have Calvin Ridley at wide receiver 15, so it's not like I was all the way off him or anything like that. I just wasn't seeing the wide receiver one angle that everybody else was. Julio, I felt like, still had another great year in him. They brought in Hayden Hurst, tight end from the Baltimore Ravens, who they were going to incorporate with the loss of Austin Hooper. Todd Gurley was also brought in, and we know the touchdown machine that he is. And so all those things combined, I didn't see the wide receiver one value that Calvin Ridley had. But this dude was a fucking machine this season. He had 143 targets, finished with 1,300 receiving yards, and 9 touchdowns, finishing as the wide receiver 5 on the year. Look, if I was going to be wrong on this one, this is one that I absolutely am glad that I was because of the fact that he is on my dynasty team. And so the future is bright, and Calvin Ridley is a fucking superstar in this league. And the crazy part is, he might still be underrated because of the fact that they still have Julio over there, right? Like, I, I, I'm genuinely curious how many people outside of the fantasy football landscape would list Calvin Ridley inside their top 10 wide receivers if you're just trying to rank wide receivers not in terms of fantasy relevance, right? Because he's absolutely probably in that category. Uh, he is as elite as they come in terms of a route runner. He's a freak athlete, has just incredible hands as well, consistently performs, and this is a guy who's absolutely going to be a future star in the league. Again, glad I'm wrong on this one. Number three, we're going to go back to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we're going to talk about James Robinson. Um, when the Jags cut Leonard Fournette, I was vocal. I was very vocal that I had zero interest in any of their running backs. Uh, the team was going to be bad. The game scripts weren't going to allow for running backs to stay on the field very often. And also, who the fuck was going to play running back for this team? I, did, did you know who James Robinson was before week one? Because I, I didn't. I didn't, and I studied rookies for months. For months coming into the season, I studied rookies, and I had no idea who James Robinson was. And truthfully, I have no words for what he did this season. An undrafted rookie comes in and destroys everybody in his path, like Daenerys' dragons. I kind of rewatched Game of Thrones, like season six and seven, so Game of Thrones is kind of on my mind right now. Uh, in his first seven games, he had 25-plus points twice. He was above double digits an additional three times. Not only was he seeing 98% of the Jacksonville Jaguars' rush attempts, but he was also getting targeted six-plus times a game. It was beyond impressive what James Robinson did this season. He did slow down towards the end of the year. He finished, uh, he was actually shut down with that ankle injury in week 16 and 17. And that does suck because he was a guy who carried a lot of people to their league championship. But you look at only 10 points versus Baltimore, 12 points, I'm sorry, 12 points versus Baltimore, 10 points versus Tennessee, 11 versus Pittsburgh, 12 versus Green Bay. Uh, but you just look at what he was doing. He came in and immediately assumed this workhorse role that I don't recall ever really happening previously. 
right? Just to give you an idea of some of his carry counts for the year, uh, 22, 25, 23, 22, 18. Like, this dude was getting all of the rush attempts for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The targets were insane, just consistently seeing six-plus targets. He was averaging well over four yards a carry, was getting into the end zone frequently in a variety of different ways. And just, I have no words. I have no words for what an undrafted rookie running back does when given the opportunity on a bad team and finishes the year as running back seven in fantasy football. So hats off uh, to James Robinson. You fucking earned it, and I'm eating shit because of it. Number two, a player who is still playing in the NFL playoffs uh, this year, who just had a game yesterday, who was great yet again, Aaron Rodgers. For however right I was about Devontae Adams, and I'm going to talk about that in the Where I Was Right uh, video, I was wrong about Aaron Rodgers. I had Rodgers ranked as quarterback 14 entering the year. I had Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, Drew Brees, Carson Wentz, and Cam Newton all ranked ahead of him. But Aaron Rodgers carved up everybody this year after feeling disrespected that the Packers spent a first-round pick on Jordan Love. They also drafted another running back in A.J. Dillon. As well, uh, a position that really wasn't of need. And Aaron Rodgers finished his QB2 on the season. Again, that stat that I mentioned at the beginning of the video. In 14 out of 16 games this season during the regular season, he had three-plus total touchdowns. That is unbelievable. Definitely, absolutely the MVP of the season. He had a career high in touchdowns with 48. He threw a shade less. He was at... 402 he was at 4299 uh passing yards so he was literally this close to from 4300 total yards or I'm 4300 passing yards excuse me completed 70% of his passes he had six games of four plus passing touchdowns what a fucking season uh as somebody who faced Aaron Rodgers in their fantasy championship uh that was demoralizing uh, Rodgers had games against Chicago, and it was Detroit, I think it was. Let me make sure. I'm sorry, it was Tennessee. Yeah, it was Tennessee and Chicago. And just watching him in back-to-back weeks in the cold weather, the snow game versus Tennessee, and the ice, the, the freezing game versus Chicago the following week, it was unbelievable the way that he was playing football during those four or during those two weeks uh eight total touchdowns four apiece in each game I felt helpless I felt helpless watching Aaron Rodgers carve up opposing defenses week after week and there was nothing I could do about it there was nothing it was literally it was stop 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 you're scaring the children or stop 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 he's already dead he's already dead uh, I don't have much else to say on it. You guys already know how great Aaron Rodgers was this season, and I can't believe how wrong I was about him this year. And number one, the number one thing I had wrong, which is so funny to me, is the Tennessee Titans. This is the team that I was most critical of during the offseason, and it was the team that helped me 
all season long. I claimed regression for Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. I loved A.J. Brown personally, but his rookie season I felt like couldn't be duplicated. There was definitely room for improvement, but his monster efficiency that he had simply is Tyreek-esque, and there's only a handful of guys who can pull that off every single year. So I felt like he was due for some level of regression. Uh, this was a team that was super efficient in the red zone in 2020. Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, in 2019. And usually those numbers don't say this, don't stay the same, but they did. Like this team yet again for the second straight year, I believe was number two or number one in red zone efficiency on the season. Um, the Tennessee Titans simply said "fuck your numbers" and put their dicks on the table all year long. And yes, it didn't end in a long playoff run that a lot of us were expecting them to. But this was an absolute joy to watch during the regular season. When it wasn't Derrick Henry running through their opponents, Ryan Tannehill was throwing deep to A.J. Brown, was throwing to Jonu Smith in the end zone. Um, and yes, yes, absolutely. I've talked about this for months now. The Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry stack video is coming out. It is on the list. It's, I think it's like number two on the list. So that video is going to be coming out very, very soon. But my God, what this team was on offense and it was the most team it was for me it was the most fun team to watch this past season they finished second in rushing behind Baltimore they were second in total touchdowns behind Green Bay they were third in yards per game and they were fourth in points this offense could not be stopped and to me the most impressive thing about it was Ryan Tannehill only threw for 3,800 yards and Ryan Tannehill finishes like the quarterback seven, I think, on the year. Let me vet that to make sure. I want to say it was quarterback seven. Yeah, so he finishes as QB eight on the year. Put up great performance after great performance. Uh, Derrick Henry obviously did his thing. A.J. Brown is just wide receiver one. Just king him, crown him. Future superstar already in the league. And I was so wrong about the Tennessee Titans. And the most ironic part about that is across my teams, I had Henry, I had Tannehill, I had Jonu, and I had AJB. What a year from the Titans. And congrats to Arthur Smith, uh, who lands the coaching gig over for the Atlanta Falcons. He moves on from Tennessee. We'll see if that offense stays the same in 2021. But that was it. Five things I had wrong this season. Uh... There was, it's certainly a list, and some of them were good, some of them were, were bad, like for example, I'm glad I got the Titans wrong, I'm glad I got Calvin Ridley wrong, uh, but there were some misses there for sure with DJ Chark, uh, James Robinson, and Aaron Dodgers. That's all I got for this video, thank you so much for watching, if you enjoyed, be sure to hit that like button, and subscribe down below for more fantasy football content, we're going to try and go daily, that's, that's the plan, we'll see how long that actually lasts. Uh, and a lot of great things are coming down the pipe for Vulture. Also, you can follow me on all social media platforms. I am now messing up my hands left and right. Follow me on all social media platforms at FFVulture. Content coming down the pipes over there for social as well. And I will see you in the next video.